Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and I'm recording right now from San Diego, California, a little bit later in the week because, I mean, I kind of did last week as well, and I'm still kind of traveling a little bit, so... I needed a couple more days just to like figure out even my best and worst mood because I just feel like time is flying so fast and I want to make sure I get a good episode for you guys. So fingers friggin' crossed, am I right? Today for our current mood combo, I'm actually going to be doing a solo episode. It's been a while. I've had some freaking amazing guests on and I absolutely adore and obsessed with them. But with the traveling, I haven't even been able to get on Zoom and record. And I figured there's so much like change and just like things happening in my life. Let's talk about how I'm dealing with it and getting through it and like honestly staying sane. So that's kind of what our current mood combo is going to be this week. Just a nice little short, sweet solo episode, the triple S, the triple S of the century. Just kidding. This is not going to be anything groundbreaking. Let's be honest. But it is going to boost our moods, and that's all we need once a week. Am I right? So first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. So my best mood this week was focusing on being present and really just living in the moment because I think like we're going to talk about in our current mood combo, life can get so overwhelming, especially when there's a lot of change. And I think for me, you guys always know that traveling can sometimes be a trigger for me for my anxiety because I feel like out of control. And I really just kept reminding myself to be present, to not think about what's coming next, not think about where I'm going next, what I should be doing, just really grounding myself in the present moment and trying to make the most of it. And I really felt like I was able to do that even when it was super, super hard, which is my worst mood. But I think that I did a pretty good job and I've been trying to just take everything one day at a time and focus on living in the present moment. It's definitely not something that comes naturally to me, but it's something that if practiced really, really just intentionally and pretty strictly, it actually can turn into a best mood. And I think that the more I focus on it, hopefully it will be something that's a little bit more second nature to me. Because right now it's like I really have to remind myself because my worst mood is, I call it the little anxiety monster. It's almost like anxiety, especially when you know so much about it for your own self, 
it's almost like you can feel it creeping out. Like I genuinely had this moment where I almost was like talking to myself. I kind of felt a little fucking nuts, to be honest. I was almost talking to myself in third person where I was like, stop, like Lauren, like stop. Like don't say that shit to yourself. Like I genuinely saw the little anxiety monster crawling out from under the bed and like trying to fuck up my life, (laughs) like literally. And that was my worst mood because... It would basically just like lie to me and tell me things that weren't true, take me out of the present moment, try to make me insecure. And I feel like a lot of times when I feel insecure, I project it in just like a very unkind way because the way you talk to yourself, you talk to other people. And I can sometimes talk really, really unkindly to myself, which in return is probably just going to make me talk unkindly to other people. But I definitely before obviously like acting on it, I felt myself just doing it. I felt this little anxiety monster coming out, taking me out of the present moment. And it was, I think, just a combination of being overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed out and being in a new situation. But I at least kind of saw it and clocked it and was able to ground myself back in the present moment. There were times that were harder than other times. Like, I definitely, not going to lie, had a panic attack. And that's when I was kind of like talking to myself in third person. But even when I texted my friends, I was like, I had the world's fastest panic attack because it was like I calmed myself down, which usually doesn't really happen. It's usually like I had to call my mom or at least it's like a longer panic attack if I don't. So really being able to see and visualize this little anxiety monster, recognize that it wasn't myself, ground myself in the present moment is like the best way to describe my best and worst mood of the week. And I feel like for someone that had a lot of big emotions this week that, you know, relate to my worst mood, I really had a best mood week. And I think that like every week we talk about how, you know, you can't have the bright best moods without the dark, scary, worst moods. And I think the more you kind of acknowledge it and accept it, you just become really, really proud of yourself for being like, damn, look at me. Like I've had a really fucking hard week and I even had a little panic attack. It might've been the fastest panic attack in the world, which, you know, kudos to you for talking yourself down, but you had a great week, you know? It's just being able to like handle shitty or hard or new things just as gracefully as possible and keeping yourself sane, you know? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, preventing you from having your best moods? Maybe you don't even understand your worst moods so much so that you're always in one. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can literally start communicating in under 48 hours. So it's like not a crisis line though, and it's not self-help. It really is It literally is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, which is amazing. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can just log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist and you can get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy, and you can do it on the go, like me, because I'm in San Diego right now, and just because I'm traveling does not mean I'm missing my weekly therapy sessions, ladies and gentlemen. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, because they get it. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com mood. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, you guys, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. That just makes me happy that people... People are doing this for themselves, so be one of those people, you guys, and use the special offer for my mood listeners and get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mood. For my mood boosters this week, I definitely had to like really think hard because like I said, I've had an overwhelming week. I've honestly, obviously had an overwhelming like two months at this point, which is what our current mood combo is going to be about. And I realized that when I was Recording last week's episode, which I absolutely loved with Lily. I think she was so amazing. It was She was just her own mood booster in her own right. I literally sometimes have these thoughts when I'm recording with someone where I'm like, this is an episode of mine that I would go back and listen to if I didn't hate the sound of my own voice so much. I think maybe one day I'll get there. But what she said when she got on the Zoom last week is she was like, I when I was setting my intention for recording with you, I blah, blah, blah. And when she said it, I was like, first of all, that is like so kind that like you set an intention for a recording with me. I was like, that's so like, I don't know. I just thought it was so sweet, but also more importantly, I was like, wow, that's so amazing that like you took that moment to ground yourself and set an intent intention for the situation you were getting into. And I, it just really, really stuck with me. And that's kind of what I did when I was coming up to San Diego and visiting for the first time. I genuinely took that moment. I was like, let me set an intention for my trip. And I set the intention of patience and presence. And you guys, I kid you not, like not only just setting the intention was a mood booster, like taking obviously that moment of doing it, like I just said, but I, whenever I was feeling overwhelmed or tired or unsure or fearful or maybe wanted to like react instead of think, I literally kept going back to that intention. I literally kept saying patience and presence, patience and presence. And you know, you guys know I love the kind of like mantra or prayer of like, allow me to learn through love. So I kept being like, just allow me to learn through love, patience and presence. And literally setting that intention was something that I was since I did it, was able to go back to whenever I was feeling uneasy and remind myself of that intention and really focus on it. And like it literally turned into my best mood of being present. And so literally taking that moment itself, I think, is a mood booster. And then also returning to the intention was a mood booster. So I really, really love that. And I hope it's something I can continue to do. I feel like maybe where I'm at right now, I do just need a lot of patience and presence. So that I think is like becoming just like also a mantra. So I'm going to try to like maybe start setting new intentions or specific intentions. I'll keep you guys posted on my little intention journey, but it really is a mood booster. And I like 10 out of 10 recommend like you kind of maybe explore that a little bit with yourself. My next mood booster is so funny because I feel like it's such like a throwback to the quarantine days, which like isn't funny, but like, I guess is at the same time. I don't know. You got to laugh at life at some point because it sucks. But I realized that like my mood booster was phoning a friend because I was on the phone with like my mom and I was just kind of like overthinking things and thinking out loud and just blabbering on. And then by the end of the phone call, of course, I felt better. And I was laughing and I was like, mom, I think that like 
should I tell everyone on my podcast that like calling you for like a mini therapy session is my boot booster, but it's true. Cause I think it's like the vulnerability and the connection of your support system, even when you're on the go, even when you're traveling, it, it's so important because it's so easy when you're around your friends and family to just like always be catching up and genuinely asking how you are. But it's also easy for time to like fly by so fast. And when you're traveling, just like send little text updates. And I went to even go record my podcast yesterday and I really like felt like all over the place, just like scatterbrained. Like it's really hard for me to kind of like juggle a lot of things at once. And I feel like juggling traveling with work is like enough to set me over the edge sometimes. And my friends started FaceTiming me and I picked up and I was like, oh my God, I was just about to record about how mood boost, how one of my mood boosters is phoning a friend and I was going to call you guys and you just called me. And I just kind of like took that as a sign from the universe of like, first of all, you're clearly like all over the fucking place right now. And you were just talking about how you need, how a mood booster is phoning a friend. Here they are calling you turn the fucking recording thing off and just like take care of yourself and talk to your friends. Cause you clearly need a mood booster cause you're being a lunatic And I feel like I'm really making myself sound absolutely insane in this episode, but it's because I get really, really fucking overwhelmed and I like try really, really hard and work really, really hard to have my anxiety not control my life because I've been that person. I've had my anxiety control my life. It's made my decisions for me. It's made my life choices for me. It's literally decided my personality for me. And so I think when I have a lot of stress and things going on, that's why these mood boosters come in handy so much. And phoning a friend, the reason it harks back to those quarantine days is obviously because, you know, when you're not with, you couldn't be with people. That's like how we had to boost our moods. And right now I'm in a new city and like a big part of my support system is back in Chicago. It's not, you know, I have a great support system here in California too, but I just got used to being with all of them in Chicago. And I was like, well, I'm not going to just stop telling them every single thing. They don't get off the hook that easy. And so phoning a friend is like the easiest thing to boost your mood. Even if it's a quick 10 minute phone call or a 45 minute phone call, it's always a mood booster for me, honestly. And then my last one, which kind of relates to clearly how all over the place I sound in this episode, is really kind of just like getting organized on pen to paper. And it's not necessarily about making a to-do list and being like, here are my goals. Here are the things I have to cross off. It's more like there are so many thoughts and tasks and things I have to get done. There's like personal life stuff. There's business life stuff. Like there's all these things and there's all these aspects of my business. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to make like a to-do list and like try to like, you know, be something I'm not, which is this like girl with a planner right now. Like that's just not who I am right now. But I do need to get all of this out of my brain. And so I like ran to my backpack. I opened up my journal and I was just like, okay, here is the stuff I need to do for the podcast. Here is the personal stuff. Just like getting everything out onto paper just made me feel like all of this jumbledness in my brain was organized and it just like immediately boosted my mood that I like got everything out. So whether it's like journaling about your thoughts and feelings or just journaling about like the shit you have to do, I want to call it journaling because it's not a to-do list. It's more like, okay, let me just get everything in my brain straight really quick because I'm not going to like pretend that I have this like I don't know like to-do list of shit which like I'm not going to pretend like I have my shit together that much like I just don't but I did boost my mood by at least organizing 
my insane self in a journal. And I wrote a little blurb about like how I'm feeling and it felt like a good like release of like literally being in the present moment and being like, okay, I'm just going to write for a second. Then like literally right under it, I started journaling about the podcast. So I think it was just something that was like really, really helpful for me. And I didn't do it on my phone. I did it like very, you know, mindfully just in the moment with my hands, pen and paper. So for this week's current mood convo, I want to talk about handling a lot of chain and a little bit of grief because those are just like literally all the things going on in my life right now. And like I said, like one of my mood boosters is like getting pen to paper. And it honestly even felt good prepping for this episode of just kind of like putting together like all of my thoughts and feelings and it doesn't have to be cute it's like no one's gonna read your journal all that stuff like I'm still not there yet where I can really really journal I think I also just have really bad handwriting and it hurts my wrist but I definitely was like okay how am I really handling all this change in my life because I think I'm doing a pretty good job like I'm actually pretty proud of myself because you'd think that after the year that I had with like oh, I lost my business, I lost my relationship, I lost my first, like, really rental house, and I, like, moved here and moved there, and I came out the other side of it. It's like, okay, but then, like, I was slowly settling in, right, to this new routine, and then, boom, I spend a month and a half, like, in the hospital watching my, you know, grandpa pass away and having to deal with, like, something that I literally never like dreaded my entire adult life and didn't think it was going to happen right now, like this soon. And it just was absolutely horrible. And it's still something that I'm dealing with. I've never dealt with grief like this before. And at the same time, I was beginning this new relationship that is a very unique relationship. And it's something that like, I don't really share with the internet. So it's like this weird thing where I'm like dealing with all this personal stuff in my life and then figuring out like where I want to live, what I want to do during the day, what aspects of my business I want to focus on, like being with my family, being with my boyfriend. And it's just like a lot. And part of me was like, okay, I clearly need to navigate this as gracefully as possible while taking care of myself to the absolute best of my ability, because I can't have another year where I look back and I'm like, well, that was a shit show again. It's like, I had the shit show here, you know, like let's use all of this change to grow, learn through love, and not just make all of these decisions based on fear because there are best moods within the worst moods, right? Like, although my grandpa was passing away, like, it made me happy that he wasn't going to be in pain anymore because he really was, and he really didn't want to be in pain anymore. The first thing he expressed to me the first day I was at the hospital was, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's like, okay, that is something where I can, you know, feel at peace where I'm like, he's at peace. Like this is like, he didn't want to leave us, but he didn't want to live like this. Right. And as hard as it is losing him, that's, you know, something, a mood booster of like, okay, well he is in a better place now. Right. And it's, it's not something where I can just sit here and be like, cause I really genuinely thought like my life was going to be over the moment my grandpa died. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. I think you know, to me, he's like, he, he's a parent to me. He's like my dad. And I just think that it was like my biggest fear in the entire world that I knew would happen one day. And I just always thought I was like, Oh, when that day comes, like my life is over. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, well that, that just can't be right. And just to really touch on the grief really quick. I think one of the things that really helped me too is, you know, obviously I dealt with grief in a totally different way 
last year and it was a much more debilitating in a way of like it, it it just was so much different and this was like okay what do how do I want to like really feel my feelings honor my feelings grieve and you know in a healthy way so I don't deal with this later but also how do I want to honor his life? I think that if anyone's dealt with loss, I think an incredible way and something that's really, really helped me is how do I want to continue to make my grandpa proud? What about him do I want to keep in this world, right? Like he was someone that w- taught us so much about family and taught us the value of so many things. How can I make sure that those values and that that energy and that positivity and those amazing characteristics, how do I make sure those stay in this world and I live, you know, continue his legacy in a way and make sure that like I'm honoring his life every single day by doing X, Y, and Z. I think that that's something that's really, really helped me as, you know, as he's been gone because I'm like, he wouldn't be proud of me for, and like, you know, just completely being depressed and all this stuff. Like he was proud of me when he was alive for certain things. I need to continue to honor those things. But also what about him? Do do I love so much that I can take on as something that I want to live out every single day in my life, you know? And that's really, really helped me. And that kind of is a little bit about that kind of relates a little bit to like, honestly, like setting an intention. Cause like that's setting an intention, like with a part of my grieving process, because I think with handling all of this change and stuff, I've had to be really, really intentional. Like I've just, I've had to really focus on, okay, what are the things that are changing in my life and which ones do I have control over? Which ones do I not have control over and how can I navigate them as gracefully as possible? I don't have control over, you know, my boyfriend moving to San Diego and my grandpa passing away, but I do have control over how I react to those things and how I handle those things. And of course, I'm going to feel my feelings now and not later. I'm allowed to be sad that people are leaving. I'm allowed to grieve. It's not about being strong and sucking it up. It's about just genuinely like at least having this like balanced outlook of like, okay, I feel like absolute shit. I'm going to cry. I'm going to lay in bed, but then, okay, how do I honor his life? And how do I make him proud? And then it's like, okay, I'm sad that my boyfriend's leaving, but how do I make this work? How do I make this work for me? How do we make this work together? It's about focusing on the solution, not the problem and honoring your feelings as well as long as you're honoring your feelings and you're making a choice and you don't guilt and shame yourself after you make that choice, that's great. I mean, you can't honor your feelings to the point where you're digging a hole. Of course, that's not really honoring them. That's letting them control your life. So I think that there's obviously that distinction. I think, you know, for me, it's obviously easier to establish that distinction because I go to therapy once a week, which is like just so, so, so important when you're dealing with change, because it's like, Sometimes you can't navigate the change alone. That's why phoning a friend is, you know, a mood booster because it's like, let me tell you everything I'm thinking and feeling. You're going to tell me which things I'm saying that are absolutely fucking bananas. You're going to tell me which things I'm saying and thinking that are totally warranted. And then we're going to like chat about it together. You know, like that's what I've been doing. It's kind of what we talked about last year about having those vulnerable connections and whether that's like having a really great therapist or having a bunch of really great friends. I think both of those things are necessary, but where can you start, right? Like which one makes you more comfortable? Because you want to be honest about how you're feeling. You don't want to like project what you're feeling onto other people. You just want to be honest about how you are feeling so you can navigate all of this change. And 
remember that it's okay to change course. Like you have to remember that change is good. I keep telling myself that like, even though change feels so chaotic, it's actually sometimes just, you know, exactly what you need. And it's, I always remind myself and, you know, you can, I always say like, whether it's to friends or on the podcast, like I say, God, you can say universe, you can say life, you can say trees, you can say whatever you want. I always say, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Like everything is happening, you know, for me, not to me. And it kind of takes some of like the pressure out of change because you, you have to understand that like you're not in full control at all the time, right? But in a way, like on a higher level of these things are happening in my life for a reason. I don't know the reason yet. I don't have to figure out the reason. That's not my job because I, I'm not making these things happen to me. I just have to handle them. And it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not know yet. Like, I don't have to know why these things are happening to me. I don't have to know exactly how I'm going to handle them. I just have to know what am I going to do today? Take it one day at a time and maybe have like a broader understanding of like what the next freaking few weeks look like. And then hopefully what my life looks like in the next year. But as we know, and especially I sure as hell know, a lot of the things you happen in the next year, like probably aren't going to happen or happen even better. I think after just like having like so much trust in life, having so much trust in God, I'm just like, I don't have to have it all figured out because it's all going to work out no matter what. I just have to do my best. And I can be wrong. Like I can be, I, I think I went into this situation of like, I'll use the example of like my boyfriend moving to San Diego. I went into the situation of being like, listen, I think I'm going to love it here. I think I'm going to want to move here, but I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, 100% I'm moving there. Do I think it in the back of my head? Yeah, probably. But I'm going to be like honest and hold myself accountable. Like, listen, there's all this change and I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to go. I'm going to see if I like it. If I don't like it, it's not the end of the world. I'm open to the possibility. The way I'm caring for my own mental health is being open to multiple outcomes. I'm not attaching myself to any outcome with all of this change. I'm not assuming that these things are happening for certain reasons. I'm acknowledging that they're happening. Maybe I'm hoping that they're happening for a certain reason. I'm trying to make sense of it, but I'm open to multiple outcomes. I'm not attaching my mental health, my emotions, my heart, anything to any specific outcome. And as I kind of navigate whatever, wherever like the course of my life is taking me, I'm being very honest with how I'm feeling. I'm saying out loud, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Like those are verbatim sentences I say to my friends all the time. But then when it's like, you're really, let's even say, you know, this whole San Diego thing, like making these decisions with someone, it's like, here's what I need to navigate this change. Like, here is the support I need. I said to my friends on Monday, I said, listen, what I need from you guys right now is to just understand that I understand I have a lot of shit going on in my life and I just need to be able to lean on you guys when it gets hard. And they were like, 100%, we got you. That's being honest. It's being self-aware and honest. And the self-awareness allows you to just like, you know, you don't put so much pressure on yourself when you're like, listen, 
I don't know what I'm doing. Then when you don't feel like you messed up when something doesn't go to plan because you never said, oh, I'm 100% doing this and I'm not going to be wrong and like this change is happening for this reason. Like then something happens and you're like, oh, well, we were kind of prepared for it to maybe go that way because it's okay for everything to change course. You just always have to at least be trying. It's like that's what kind of like the, oh, life's not happening to me. It's happening for me. If you think it's happening to you, you're not even giving a shit or you're not even trying. You're just getting bogged down. Sure, you can get sad. We said that. But you're not just letting life happen to you. You're rolling with the punches. You're course correcting. You're being open to possibilities. You're trying new things. As long as you're trying, that's exactly the success that you think the outcome is. It's not the outcome. It's the trying. The trying is the success when you're navigating change. You're trying to navigate change gracefully, and that is success right there. Because change is exhausting. If you try to convince yourself you're fully in control of every aspect of your life, there's other people in your life. There's other factors in the world. Like, let's be honest. Like, you're just straight up not 100% in control of life. You're only 100% in control of yourself and how you handle the things that life throws at you. There's a really, really big difference. And I think when there's all this change going on, we put this immense amount of pressure on ourselves to literally control every single aspect of that change, fix it, and just absolutely be perfect. And you simply can't control what you can't control. So stop trying to overdo it. You're already exhausted. Life is already exhausting. Change is already exhausting. So don't make it even harder on yourself by trying to control aspects of whatever's happening in your life that simply are out of your control. You have to really think, what is in my control and what is not? Like, let me see the difference and like allow me to handle it with as much grace as possible. You can lean on people in the meantime. You can stay organized and habitual. Those are things that you are in control about. You can be honest. You can lean on people. You can say, okay, these are my mood boosters that help me stay on course. These are like when things are turbulent, times are tough. How am I going to take care of myself? Is it making to-do lists in the morning? Is it setting an intention? Is it making sure I go on my daily walk so I can clear my head? Is it making sure I have my one hour of TV at night because I love watching reality TV and I don't give a shit what anyone says about meditation. I need to watch how I need to watch Housewives because it calms me the fuck down. That's amazing. You're allowed to have those little rituals, those little habits, those things that keep you sane so you can handle all this other stuff. You don't have to be on 24-7 of the day. You have to take care of yourself at some point too. It's not just about solution, solution, solution. Part of the solution is you. So you got to take care of yourself because change and grief and all of this stuff is really, really, really hard and difficult. But what I've learned is that life is always going to have all this shit going on, right? And we can't break down and we can't crumble under all this pressure all the time. I mean, yeah, like I can for like a day or a week or, you know, maybe like things get turned upside down, but... I have to be able to get back on track in a sense of the track of taking care of myself, the track of putting one foot in front of the other, not the track of being absolutely perfect and fixing whatever thing got thrown my way. It's the track of trying, you guys. Like, are you not getting that yet? Listen, it's the track of trying. It's the track of being as good as you can be that day. It's not putting unrealistic standards on yourself. It's not putting unrealistic solutions in front of yourself that you have to just completely accomplish. It's about trying. The future is completely overwhelming and you can't like 
you can like manifest and you can hope and you can dream and you can pray, but you just can't attach yourself of exactly what you think your future should look like and exactly what you think your future needs to be. Because I, there were things I thought two years ago that I wanted exactly in my future. And I'm so glad those things didn't happen. Like I thought so many things about my future. And so I've really gotten to this point where I'm like, well, I'm not going to attach myself too much to it anyway. And when I stop attaching myself to it too much anyway, I have these hopes and maybe I'll get like a little disappointed for like five minutes, 15 minutes, but I keep realizing like everything keeps working out. Like at least like everything keeps working out at least fine. Most of the time really good. And some of the time, even a lot fucking better than I ever could hope and expect. So I've really stopped attaching myself to the outcome in a sense of disappointment. Like when something doesn't go my way or maybe, you know, something doesn't go according to plan, I don't like get super, super, super bogged down about it. Maybe I'll get like a little disappointed. I'll have to phone a friend. I'll have to talk about it. I'll have to reground myself, focus on my intention. But I keep reminding myself like, okay, this sucks. Okay, you feel this way. But like, do you really want to pick this battle with yourself? Because like, honestly, usually nine times out of 10, everything ends up working out better than you expected. If you just stay on course of taking care of yourself, one foot in front of the other, try your best, focus on taking care of your, like, it's fine. Like everything ends up being fine. So as exhausting and overwhelming as all this change is, it's like, you don't need anyone else's opinions. You don't need complete perfect solutions to present to the world you need to just focus on staying in your lane keeping your side of the street clean and not worrying about what's on the other side that's at least how I'm navigating all of the change all of the stress all of the most overwhelming things in my life right now and I'm not gonna lie to you guys like I am pretty exhausted I really don't know what's going on and I think for me especially it's like I present my life to the world, right? Like I have a personality. I share what's going on in my life. And you get to this point and like maybe you feel this way with your friends and family because like you, you know, you have to present your life to your friends and family. It's almost like how people joke about like, oh, Thanksgiving's coming up. Everyone's going to ask when I'm getting married or ask when I'm having babies. Like girls always say that, right? And I think that for me, it's like, okay, like, um, you know, like every week or whatever, I tell everyone what I'm doing with my life. And I've just gone to this point where I'm like, I, I don't know. I really don't know. And it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't care that I don't have answers yet. I, I don't not care about my life and where it's going, of course. I just don't care that I don't have answers for people. And that's not to say just for my audience. I'm saying like in my life, like when my friends are like, what are you going to do? And I'm straight up just like, I don't know. Like there's clearly a lot of shit and a lot of change going on. And I'm grieving and I'm traveling and I'm working. And it's like, who the hell expects me to have answers? Who, why do people expect us to know every single thing and have this planned as if anything in life ever goes according to fucking plan? So it's like, can we just stop putting these unrealistic expectations on ourselves, especially in the most overwhelming times, especially when there's change going on? It's like all of a sudden life gets stressful. There's all these things changing. And we just like make it 100 times worse by being like, all right, now let's perfect it. Let's make it better. It's like, um, <laughs> and now can I take a motherfucking deep breath, take one thing at a time, one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. And if you want to know what I'm doing, well, I mean, let's figure it out together or I'll tell you every day what I'm up to because I don't have exact answers yet and I don't need to. And I guarantee you if I did, in two years, we'll probably all laugh about what we all thought were our answers today. So why do we put this unnecessary amount of pressure on ourselves? Why don't we just at least put the pressure on 
to take care of ourselves to the best of our ability, to navigate times of difficulty with as much grace as possible so that when we look back, we're like, wow, I'm really proud at actually how I handled that. Like I handled that in an incredibly graceful and patient and present way. And look how amazing everything turned out. Because guess what? Everything's probably going to be fine. So don't kill yourself in the process. Don't make yourself miserable in the process. Enjoy the process because you have no fucking idea where you're going at the end of the day. You have an idea. You can work towards it. But you can never be sure. Nothing is for certain besides exactly where you are in this present moment. So take care of yourself. Don't should yourself. Don't shouldn't yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be compassionate the way you are to other people with yourself. Like that will get you more out of life and probably take you to even better places, especially when times are really, really hard than focusing on like what we think and how we think we need to navigate change. And that's what I'm doing. That's what keeps me sane. That's what allows me to return to my attention of being patient and being present. And that's about all I have for you guys because I don't have answers. I don't think anyone has answers. I really, really don't. If anyone tells you they do, A, they're probably lying. And B, well, maybe let me know what they said because, I mean, I guess we could use some answers, right? I mean, give a girl, like, the magic secret. I really hope you guys enjoyed this little mini solo podcast episode. It's kind of just like a mini mood boost. It's kind of just like a mini hype-up session. Like, girl, you know, calm down take a break, take a breath, listen, you got this. Now go back on your day, whether you're in the car, you're on your walk, whatever it is. I love seeing you guys wherever you listen to mood. It's amazing. But I really do hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope to get into more solo episodes, especially, you know, this year's flying by and we probably just haven't had enough. I feel like we haven't had enough time together. We have some amazing guests coming up, of course, and we have some new merch coming up as well. Make sure to head to shoplaurenelizabeth.com to see what we have left in stock and go follow us at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth so you can stay up to date, ask questions, get reposted on the gram and just get literally mood boosted every single day because... That's all that life is about. It's enjoying it. Boost your mood. And you can't have a best mood without a worst mood. You can't appreciate a best mood without a worst mood. And guess what? Your worst moods make you stronger, smarter, and honestly, kind of sexy. Stay sexy, y'all. Boost your mood, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.